<laughs> you may have noticed that the murder weapon was found in my car. However, <laughs> you may have noticed the murder we weapon. We should have was him found. on just to be like, give us your Twitter handle and the fake one. That's good. Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, April the 13th. Um, we're going to do an entire podcast on Arch Manning. No, we're not. Um, <laughs> I've got I've got something I'm actually excited about. I don't know if my my co-hosts uh, in, in are really jazzed about it, but they're gonna they're gonna put on a brave face for me and pretend, or they're just gonna hate it, and we all can tell. Um, so we're we're gonna do something a little different tonight. Um, we're we're gonna do the what I what I'm calling the UVA futures draft, and essentially what we're gonna do is we're gonna all make picks about things that we think are gonna happen. Between now and the end of calendar 2022 in UVA sports, um, they can be team related. They can be specifics for players. They can be off the wall. They can be stats, whatever. Anything that you can predict about UVA sports, we're going to do that. Uh, I, we will get into the rules here in just a second. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. We have a full crew here this evening. First in Fishersville, David Smith is back on the show. How's it going, my friend? It's going pretty good. I got the whole war room assembled here. Got my scouts ready. Got my draft picks. Got my board set. We'll see nice. how it goes. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave uh, on Twitter? Uh, up in Loudon Staff I Writer. Fer- I know, right? Just your own your own Twitter handle. Um, up in Loudon Staff Writer. Justin Ferber's on the program as well. How's it going, my dude? Yeah, I kind of have all the stuff that Dave has set up. I have my scouts and everything, but you never know if like Dan Snyder just walks in and picks somebody else because he feels like <laughs> it. So, um, not that that's ever happened before. Um, I just underscore for Twitter. Actually, a terrible week to bring that up. Rest I was going to say, yeah. Uh, I would also. He definitely did it that time. Yeah, I know. I was going to make a joke too about how if you're planning to be Dan Snyder in this draft, then that's going to work out really well for the rest of us. Um, and lastly, in Charlottesville, managing editor Damon Dillon's also on the program. How's it going, Damon? How are you? I am fielding offers for my first round pick. I am in rebuilding mode this futures draft. <laughs> it's drop back for more picks. <laughs> yeah. So, so I like I'm open to future first round picks or. You know, if you have a stud left tackle, uh, you know where to find me. I'm not on the clock yet. We could do like an Eagle Saint situation where you just push your chips in for 2023. Yeah, you know, (laughs) because Brandon Armstrong might be on the board next year. Uh, Although I don't know what pick I have this year, so negotiations are a little weird at the moment. So at Damon Dillman on Twitter. Cavs to one. We're also on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional witty banter. All right. If you're listening to this show... And you are you are going to have an opinion about the picks that are, are forthcoming. I would like you to send all of the positive feedback to Cavs Corner on Twitter. Uh, I would also like you, if you have negative feedback, to send that directly to Ferber. Um, this was my idea, but he really championed me on. No, I'm kidding. Um, and it's a Jim underscore Howington. On Twitter. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. All right, let's. <laughs> I'm Keith. 
<laughs> I love when the inside jokes make it to the actual show. All right. So here's the deal. So so this is the game. All right. We're all going to make a pick. All right. And we're going to have four rounds, four picks each. Um, like I said, anything UVA sports related, it can be as simple as, you know, player X is going to do this. It can be as fun as UVA is going to wear orange in basketball again. Uh, you know, whatever you want to predict. Okay. Whatever prognostications you got. Uh, I came up with this idea in part because this is something that I've heard on other podcasts and sort of a, a different sort of uh, way. But when we had that episode where we were talking about Leonard's losers, and I, I'm not I'm not kidding you. I I went back and listened to that stupid clip of Leonard's losers like three weeks later. I mean, I was I was just every once in a while I'd just go visit it again because it made me happy. And so I said, you know what? Let's do something off the wall. Uh, our pick order is going to go like this. We're going to start with me because they all don't want to go first. So I, I'm giving myself the first pick, not because I want the first pick, but because literally all of them said I needed to go first. All right. Then we're going to go to Dave. Then we're going to go to Ferber. And then we're going to go to Damon, just like we do the intros. Okay. But then we're going to snake. So in round two, Damon, you're going to go first. Then it's Ferber. Then Dave. Then me. All right. And we're going to go back and forth that way. That is your draft order. All right. The only rules here are that you cannot choose something that has already been chosen, okay? So if I say with my first pick that player X is going to score however many touchdowns, you can't come back after that and say player X is going to score this many touchdowns, all right? Can't have the same pick. We're going to go through and, and score them, you know, as a group. Um, we'll adjudicate it that way. Uh, if we have any discrepancies, um, I'm the publisher, I win. Um any questions from the group before we get started? You guys good? You have any questions about the rules? Yes. Okay. Wow. Nothing yet, but yes. <laughs> What's your question, Damon? Or do you not have a question and the awkward what? silence was just too awkward? Yeah, I just got the best of me. Okay, that's fair. All right. With the first pick in the inaugural UVA Futures draft. Do, 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 do. <laughs> you have to make that noise every time. I was really hoping you would. All right. I am. I, I was using that example earlier about player X doing whatever because that's my first pick. I'm going to say that Brennan Armstrong is going to throw and run, so his combined touchdown total this season is going to be 40 or more. Now, for context, Ooh. last year he threw for 31 and he ran for nine. Now, the reason that I think that that number of 40 is interesting is because I think a lot of us, myself included, expect there to be a lot more run uh, oriented stuff in this offense that is not driven by the quarterback. I think Virginia is going to finally get an offense, at least from from a from a running the ball standpoint, that is not predicated on something the quarterback has to do. And yet, I think that Brennan is still going to be as productive from a touchdown standpoint as he has been, even in last season when he threw for what four thousand four hundred forty nine yards. Um, you know, he had. An incredible season last year, but he was the offense. And I don't think that they can consistently do that. I still think, though, that he is going to put up a lot of numbers. Um, and I'm curious to get y'all's feedback. Is that, uh, is, do you think that number is realistic? Do you think it's too low? Um, if you were going to throw that number, if you were going to throw a number out there, would you, would you be willing to go that high? Would you go higher? When you thoughts? started talking, I was 40 was the number that was in my head. I was like, oh. that's what he's going to say. Look at us. It's a nice round number. But um, also, yeah. I mean, it, like health is a huge part of it. So he did that in what, like 10 games. So, right. right. I mean, it really just depends on like how healthy he is it probably. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he technically, I guess, played in 11. 
Um, mm-hmm. But the I, I think, for, like I said, I, I think that in in putting this pick together, and the reason I took it first is because I think I think he is such a lightning rod in general, and I figured a lot of the attention that you guys would have would be on him. So I wanted to kind of put that in the ground. But I also kind of just, like I said, I, I think Virginia's going to try to run the ball more. And I think they're actually going to be successful at it. I think the the backfield is not, like, devoid of talent. It just was that they just didn't really commit to it um, and didn't really seem that interested in it. Um, and I think that once you take out some of the gadget stuff and you actually try to work at being good at the, at the more conventional stuff, I'm really curious to see how that shakes out. I still expect Brennan to be um, – the big part of the offense and certainly the fact that he's got you know so many different weapons around him uh, helped me put that number together uh any other thoughts on my my first pick before we move to dave for his first pick a good start good start thank you very much yeah. all right dave with the second pick in the uva futures inaugural <laughs> yeah. draft do 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 thank you didn't want to get on the clock for my time. Absolutely. Actually, you kind of alluded to my first pick, which is I we're going to see an emphasis on the running game. So I'm going to predict that in this 2022 season, UVA will average over 100 yards a game from the running back position. Not Brennan, not Billy in the slot, not KT, like a true running back. You know, um, between the true running backs, there will average 100 yards a game, 1,200 for the regular season, um, plus – just because, I mean, it's going to be a point of emphasis. I know the offensive line's getting reworked. Um, it seems to me, not to steal any future draft picks from anyone, but it seems to me that as big of a star as Brennan is and as many weapons they have on this offense, I think there's this underlying note I pick up from the coaching staff that they're not going to change what they want to build just to take advantage of the players that might only be here one year. So they're going to set the culture by running the ball. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my pick. That's a good. I think that's an interesting choice, Dave. Um, I actually played with the idea of not just putting my chips on. Okay, this is a thing that I think is going to happen, but also to like what's the production level. Um, I thought for a little while about you know who's going to lead the the team in rushing or what that number could be. Um, part of me was like, well, that's that's a little bit of our preseason shtick is to to talk about that but i but i genuinely think that that's a that's a good place to to focus because that that group is you know they clearly they clearly want that from that position um and i i think they're gonna they're gonna figure out a way to get that done and unless they have a uh, you know like a rash of injuries i think they're gonna have plenty of opportunities for that what do you guys think yeah i think i think it's important to differentiate between the running back position and a specific guy yeah, because yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, because like I was trying to think of uh, something along those lines as well of uh, kind of that increased emphasis on balance on offense and more of the running game. And you're like, all right, well, maybe they'll have a thousand yard rusher. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily realistic uh, because they don't have that one guy right now who seems like he'd be he'd be that candidate. But when, when you look at the the collective. Uh, especially with the way it sounded uh, the way they were really happy with the way Ronnie Walker was playing before he got hurt. And it sounds like, I don't know if this is sure, but it sounds like he might be ready to go for the season. It doesn't sound like it might be something that, that, uh... but anyway, long story short, when you look at it as a collective and, uh, and, and what they can do as a group and how productive they can be as a group, I think, I think that one makes a lot of sense. Yeah. hundred yards a game as a collective between, two, three guys 
uh, and the way they want to get them more involved and, and be more balanced. I think that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I felt like the number might be too low. Um, Cause I mean, you figure they're good offense to be pushing 400, 500 a game. I don't think they're going to want Brendan throwing it 50 times. So, but and you could have because of all the gadget guys, yards. it's hard to, yeah. Yeah. Just because of all the gadget guys. Yeah. But there, <laughs> KT remember and, there'd be some Bronco games where they run for like 14 yards in a game. Like, I don't think that I think those games are in the past as a group, as, so. as an offense. I think <laughs> I those so. games are in the past. All right, Ferber. With the third pick in the uh-huh. UVA Futures draft. Do, 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 do. <laughs> this one might get vetoed. Oh, here we go. Let's see it. Uh oh. Yeah, because I don't know if it falls within the rules. Oh, um, let's see. I'm going to go with one I think is relatively straightforward. Um, I'm going to guess that UVA basketball gets their first 2023 commitment tomorrow, and it's London Johnson and for the 2023 class. Okay. That's a pretty uh, that's easy fair. one, right? That's <laughs> like, a, that, no, that's I a, mean, it's not guaranteed, but like, you no, know, I think, I, no, no, listen, it, all right, that's a good place. So I was saying, you know, we can for the future. So essentially it is from, you know, as of 830 tonight. So basically anything tomorrow is technically yeah. in the future. <laughs> immediate future. So, so I w- I'll give that to you. I think that's within the rules. But I love the how specific you got. You didn't just say that he's going to sign with them. That was my second pick for the record. Um, was going to be that London was was going to sign with would eventually sign with UVA. So you're saying? Yeah, I probably, got, I probably got too specific. <laughs> so you're saying this was a reach in the first round? I, no, no, I'm not saying. No, no, I know. I think that's good. Mel Piper is crushing this pick. <laughs> so you're saying London Johnson is going to commit tomorrow? Right. I mean, that was the that was the word when he postponed was that it would be on the 14th. I thought it was the 15th. I'm pretty sure it's the 14th, but okay. I mean, regard. Okay, let I'll amend it and say within the next week. Okay, I would I would just say that why don't you why don't you give yourself a little wiggle room here and just say he's going to commit? Why don't yeah, you just, sure. Okay. Instead of attaching Let's it to that. a specific day and being wrong because you because you got the wrong you know you got one you, you were off by 24 hours. So London That's Johnson right. is going to commit and he's going to sign as a member. For this of 2023 team. class, no reclass, none of that. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I think Which that's a good pick. How it's going? Yeah. I said, like yeah, I said, that was my second safe. pick. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I I don't know if anything with that kid is safe because you know I'm <laughs> yeah, always sure. a little leery of kids when they when they have a date, a specific time, you know, uh, announcement date, and then they push it back. I'm always like a little bit like there's a little uncertainty there, um, but I do think he he eventually lands with UVA. And I, I would be more concerned about it if it was pushed back further or if there was something that happened in between. Right? Yeah, no like visits. He's just been playing yeah. and right. like there hasn't yeah. really been anything happening. So yeah, um, I don't think it's like oh I don't I need to reevaluate where I am. I mean it's a weird situation, but again like as we have to say at least once a year every year like just let them do it the way they want to do it. Like they don't work on our timelines. Yeah, um, I agree with you. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge get for them. Fills a lot of needs. He's, he seems like, um, the type of guy that is really meant to succeed in, in modern college basketball. Um, I think he would be perfect for the team coming up, um, in terms of what he would bring, but it's cool that he'll be coming the next year if, if that's what happens. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would say it's relatively safe because a lot of people just feel like that's where that's, this is headed and it's supposed to come in the immediate future. So um, that's where I'm going to go first. Yeah. This was a, this was a, you know, this is a talented offensive tackle, you know, who graded out very well, had a good, you know, went to a successful program. This is a solid pick. The one thing I will say about that is 
to your point about you know that it, he rescheduled it, but it happened quickly and there was nothing else that happened. The fact that there has not been like a conventional sort of rumor that sprung up thereafter as another school, sure. you know that that also plays a part here. That like the 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 rumble. Yeah, if all of a sudden not, people were like UNC's trending up, it's like which, that would which been, I, I would not have was, made this pick. Was a school I think a lot of people <laughs> yeah. were afraid of. You know, right I as mean, that he's a, announcement got He's closer. a perfect – I said this last week after we recorded, but, like, I think he's a really good fit for what UVA does, but he's a really good fit for what they do, too. Yeah, agreed. Um, agreed. So, well, yeah, Let's just hope I, he doesn't listen to this podcast and he decides – Yeah, I mean, if he if he pushes it back again, then then I just, you know – Can you I'll imagine? Just be, I'll, just, I'll just be on pins and needles to see <laughs> if I get my imagine? points. It, what if what if some kid got ready to announce and he was like, you know, how did you settle on this school? And they were like, well, I was leaning toward UVA, but then I was listening to this this podcast. And they and can you imagine like we would we would have to change the name of everything. We'd have to change the name of the podcast of the site of literally everything in uh, in whatever. All right, now I will say from a rule standpoint, if somebody else wants to take that, he's going to commit and sign and sign as a member of 2022. I think that's fair game. If anybody wants to test those waters I, um feel free I, I i think that's fine because i was specific yeah. about it being 2023 yeah, you, you can't yeah you can't just say he's going to commit but if you want to say he's going to commit as a part of 2022 you can make that a pick all right damon finish us out in round one with the fourth pick do 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 <laughs> so we don't uh, have to do we don't have to do that i wanted everybody to get after one of round one to, yeah that's a okay. that's a goodell's no longer reading the picks it's now that random okay. other dude We're, we're not in Goodell's basement anymore. Yeah, he's not in his chair or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> ah, uh, let, let's see. I'm going to say Jelani Woods makes little uh, makes a little UVA football history on draft day. Okay. Uh, UVA has. I looked this up today in uh, in preparation for this. Uh, did you know that UVA has only had one tight end go in the first three rounds of the draft? Yeah, I think, no, I but I know who it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can figure out who it is. It's not very hard. Uh, but yeah, Heath Miller, when was that? 2005. Uh, UVA, UVA's only had like three guys go in the first two days of the draft um, in the last 10 years. So, but I'm going to say, and then, so I, I was thinking like maybe third round pick, he sneaks into Friday, a third mm -hmm. round pick. And then I looked later on after I started thinking about this, ESPN has like a new seven round mock draft up. And I went straight to the third round and started looking for him. Couldn't find him. Couldn't find it. Couldn't. It's because he was gone. in the second round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had him going late in the second round. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not really going out on a limb with this one here. Uh, but yeah, but anyway, I think he's going to wind up going in like round three. And uh, Thornhill, Juan Thornhill was last uh, day two guy that, that that came from UVA. Before him, I think it was Eli Harold. Yeah, uh, and, Mor right. and Morgan Moses before him. So it hasn't happened too often and it really hasn't happened with tight ends. Um, so yeah, that's uh that's going to be my predict. My first one is that Jelani Woods is going to kind of, kind of rewrite, maybe not rewrite a little bit of that history, but he's going to, he's going to be a day two guy. And uh, yep. it, which, which has been kind of a rarity for this program the last decade or more, especially if you go back to when they split it up into three days, the only other two day two guys they've had were um, uh, Chris Cook and Roz I. Dowling. I looked all this up today. Uh, so now I have to go again. Yep. So now we're into round two. Well, wait, anybody else got any comment commentary on, on Dan? I, I just, that was definitely on the radar for me. Yeah, for this. that was, that yeah, was on my um, radar too. I'm actually a little pissed. <laughs> day two pick would have been what I would have said. So yeah, I think, I think he's there. I saw a report today that he's the number one tight end on at least one team's board. Um, 
does not I mean, surprise me based on the measurables and everything. So right. The freak athleticism and the rawness to him too, because he's only been playing tight end for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much. And, and I think he's gonna more. he's gonna have nothing but good reviews in terms of character. So like that's not an issue. Um, the fact that he played quarterback probably helps him, you know, like break down plays and stuff like that too. So yeah, yeah. it just comes out of the value of the position, you know. Yeah, you know, it's a tight end, so some teams don't value it very highly. And a lot of teams, like I know some teams only value big tight ends um, because you can do different things with them. Uh, the red zone threat, uh, especially teams that like to line tight ends up in, you know, bigger sets and not use them like as a wide receiver. But I think he's got the versatility. I was actually like, we've talked about how he, he runs. Um, like when I saw his like 40 time and shuttle time, I was like, oh, well, that kind of clears up a lot of those issues. Um, you know, like even if it, to me, you know, I, I certainly thought he had potential to be like a early day three guy um, based on size and stuff and everything. But like if he's running those kind of 40s and like putting up that kind of athletic profile, he's going to be like coveted, you know, and he can catch. It's not like he has like bad hands. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Before I move on really quickly, here's a question for you guys. Who was the last UVA tight end to be drafted? Heath Miller. No, uh, no, they had a, a John Simpson. Phillips. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Phillips. John yeah. Phillips, round six in 2009. Patrick Estes was, was drafted. He was a year point. before him, I think. And then there was like Tom Santee was in the mix. Santee, I think. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe I'm thinking of Santee. But anyway, yeah, there was a stretch there where they had a bunch of like late round guys uh, mm-hmm. in the Al Grow years after. And I think Miller. one of them may have been drafted to be like a long snapper or something and then ended up making it as a tight end. I, I, I might have that wrong. Um, but yeah, like weird. They tight end you <laughs> for like three years. Yeah, they were seriously. And now, and now they. I mean, like Poljan didn't get drafted, right? But like, he was good in college. So like, yeah, they've had two good tight ends in a row now. Seriously. All right, Damon, give us round. Give us your round two pick. All right, round two. Uh, I'm gonna say that come December, come signing day, uh. UVA's class, Tony Elliott's first class, will be ranked higher than Brent Pry's first class of Virginia Tech. Wow! Oh, just the smiles going on across. Seriously, that is really <laughs> playing to the audience. That's like that's like you know how like the, if they ever you know it's always the Jets or whatever, and they always are angry as hell at whoever they picked. You just did the opposite of that. That was that was very well done. I mean, uh, I haven't looked at Tech's class lately. What are, what do they have as of now? Do they have anything uh, in there yet? They. They got their first 2023 a couple of weeks ago. I just, this this isn't based on a whole lot of specifics like guys. And it's based more on just the vibe I get. And to be honest with you, a lot of it's been from listening to these assistant coaches talking to Tony Elliott and the way he didn't really even have to, like we all saw what Slade said, said about him today and uh, about how he'd have followed him anywhere except Blacksburg. Uh, but if he's the way he, the things that the assistants have said about connecting with, like we heard the things Downing said the other day, when was that on Monday mm-hmm. uh, as well? And some of the other guys. And if he connects that well with the coaches, he has to connect that well with recruits as well, I would think. And I just think, and, and to me, the reason why I'm sing, singling out these two schools is because they're two schools. It obviously they're rival schools and it's really easy, but it goes beyond that. Because they're two schools with new coaches, first-time head coaches, 
both of them have talked about, hey, we need to have more of a presence here in the state. Uh, and and so it's it's become more of a battleground, so to speak, between those two schools. Um, like how often would UVA and Tech go head to head on recruits these last couple of years? It, it didn't seem like as frequently. It felt like it happened less and less as every yeah, year. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was become, and I feel like it's become more and more of a thing now. And uh, again, I, I just, it's just the sense I get. You talk to recruits, and you hear the things they say about Elliot. Um, you talk to these assistant coaches. You hear the things they say about Tony Elliott. I just think he's probably a really strong closer in recruiting, um, and I think he's going to win a lot of those battles. And like I said, when December gets here uh it's going to result the, the the scoreboard will be the the um the recruiting scoreboard will be the recruiting rankings and i think i think uva will be ranked higher than tech interesting that's a that's a that's a really solid it's pick. a bold pick i like it we'll see how it works out cotton all right uh, ferber your second pick what you got oh my goodness so much pressure um not to step on Damon's beat, but I think UVA goes back to Omaha. Oh, I think I think I mean they're swooning right now, um, but I mean the team they just lost to in Miami is probably going to host a regional at a minimum, um, maybe a super regional. Um, I, I think like the makeup of this team being so similar to last year helps. Like I think that they'll play well when when other teams might be a little tighter at the end of the season. I also think they'll shake off what's going on right now and get back on the right track. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I'm less worried about the offense than I am like the pitching, but I think that they'll have enough to get through, um, especially if they can get in a position where they're one of the top eight seeds that gets the host through the first uh, regional round and then the super regional round. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like somewhat confident that this, this group can make it back. I don't know what will happen when they get there, if they get there, but um, that's anybody's guess. But I think that they do make a run. That's interesting. What do you, Damon, Damon, am what I you, completely wrong? What are your thoughts, <laughs> Damon? Uh, I don't know. I've been getting some serious 2017 and 2013 vibes from this team, uh, mm-hmm. not just because they, they've they lost four in a row. Um, I just the, – the pitching has become more and more of a question. I think the, I think the lineup – is fully capable of getting back to Omaha. The problem is, uh, for one thing, you don't win national championships. You don't slug your way to a national championship. Yeah, you have to. Especially in that ballpark. Uh, But getting there, I don't know, 2017 and 2013 didn't have that stud number one guy at the front of the rotation. Um, And they didn't have that, that hammer... Well, no, that's not true. 2013 had Kyle Crockett in the back end of the bullpen. Uh, so they had the hammer in the back end. But uh, it, I, you just like 2013, just that team was an Omaha caliber team that just ran into a buzzsaw in that Mississippi State team that came in here in the Super Regional. That team made it all the way to the champion, the finals. <laughs> that team, that team might not have won the World Series or whatever, but they definitely slugged their way to Omaha. Yeah. Like, they, yeah. They really, yeah. With they the, had some huge dudes. Renfro and Wes Ray and yeah. Adam. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, I just, I, before I can fully commit to this team being an Omaha team, I need to see the pitching kind of work its work itself out a little bit more. And that's, I think Savino needs to, 
re reemerge as a bona fide Friday stud. Like he looked like the first couple of weeks of ACC play. Uh, we'll see what Gursky is and they got to figure Sunday out um, whether it's Barry or whether, whether it's somebody else. I think, I think, I think like you said, this is, I think they do break the streak of uh, maybe I should save this for down the, for my third round pick, but I do think they break the streak of it's been like six years since they've hosted a regional. I think that changes this year and we'll see. I mean, they'd have to, they'd have to like, I don't want to say they'd have to really mess up, but like if they can, I mean, if you look at their schedule, they've got some winnable games like left to play. It feels to me like they'd have to sort of really have like a slide down the stretch to not at least be in a position to host one. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Uh, they have to be one of those top six, but I mean, who knows? They certainly like 2017, they felt like a top 16 team and they were essentially t- the 17th team and got sent to TCU that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. So we'll see, but yeah, I, like if we'd done this a week ago, I'd have been like, Oh yeah, they're going to Omaha. Uh, but the, a little bit the, of a reality check this week. Yeah, I'm buying. Yeah. Well. Especially. Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's just my I, my questions about the pitching yeah. are going to linger for a while. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I I honestly, you know, watching them this weekend, that was the that was the one you know question mark for me too. Was yeah, the the hitting sort of went away, but they 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 just didn't have the pitching to seem it seemed like to to sort of buoy them a little bit, um, which is you know problematic, but. Yeah, because we'll. Uh, I thought it was interesting yeah, to hear Oak just kind of like go after them. He really night. did, didn't he? I mean, he really. He does yeah. the dogs of war. He did something like that in 2015 when they lost a couple of games at NC State too. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I understand where he's coming from though, because it's like, all right, put the weekend behind you. You have a game at home, like just come out and play hard and do. And then if you don't, if you just kind of like let it linger into the next week, it's like, all right, now like you know you guys didn't do the one thing that we needed to do, which was just like, put that behind us, you know, like, yeah, you did the old, let them, let it beat you twice sort of deal. Yeah. And that's, that's the reason why I still think it's like, it's entire just Brian O'Connor. He'll, he knows the right buttons to push and that's the button he pushed last night. And I bet it turns out to pay off. Yeah. I mean, my two cents on the team, I mean, I I don't, it wasn't good to get swept. I, I don't, you know, it would have been nice for them to pull out the game Sunday, at least give them some confidence. But, you know, the pitching has kind of – the pitching has kind of been, sh- you know, over, uh, overshadowed by the offensive production throughout the year. But it's also – like in a game where your team's scoring double-digit runs, it's hard to be sharp as a pitcher. Like Right. Yeah, so, you don't have that so pressure you wanna, on you. Yeah, so you want to see them how they're doing in that, you know, one nothing game, 2 nothing game. So, like, yeah. I, I'm not ready to – yeah, I'd like to see someone kind of emerge as a more dominant pitcher, but it's you know it was one weekend. It it's last night. You know, uh, losing ODU certainly didn't help the cause, but look, that's a big game for ODU. They came in with you know ready to roll. Um, they're a good program. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, and they, they have, have scholarships some, you know, too. But yeah, yeah Damon. I mean, you said this a few weeks ago. You were like, they're going to run into a buzzsaw at some point. Like they're going to yeah, they're going to like get weekend, smacked yes. in the mouth. And it did finally happen, right? Yeah, so, but it, yeah. you know, it's baseball. No one goes undefeated, so yep, it's um, right. yeah, it's just the way it happens. It's, you can't, yeah, if you follow baseball long enough, you know you can't get upset by a few games lost here or there because what they win seventeen in a row, eighteen in a row, um, in crazy number of games in a row. So it, it happens. It's ebbs and flows of baseball. Um, but who's who knows if someone emerges? Who knows? Maybe Wolf will 
develops into a starter before the end of the year and just gives him another option. Um, I'm worried that Wolfick's kind of hit the wall right now and needs. I'm kind of worried, like yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see that too. Especially not playing fall ball and you know the high school season the last couple of years was so messed up because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, he's got he's going to have to work through this. Yeah, in Tom Stamp for people who don't listen to baseball talk. Oh yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I promise that's not going on the list of. We just snuck that one in there. <laughs> predict. All right, Dave, you're up. What's your second round pick? Oh, I am up. Oh shoot! All right, I've got two. I'm debating one I want to do here, but this is second round. I'll apologize later for holding it late till later. But I'm going to go with Isaac McNeely as a starter before the end of 2022. Ooh. Um, now, all right, we got to – I don't think it's that big of a – No, no, that's not. But we got to get into – we got to adjudicate this a little bit. So are you saying he's going to start at all? Or do you think – like what constitutes a starter? A kid who started a game? A kid who, who starts more than half I mean, of the games? We're talking 22 will be what? Um, be about a month and a half into the season. By the yeah, end I was going to say, what, 10 games? I mean, yeah, roughly. usually the ACC opener is the last game of 20, like the year, like December 30th or whatever. Uh, I would yeah. say like if he's starting that game and it's not because of injury, then he's a starter. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I'd say. And I would say my, I would lose if he starts early in the year and is not starting. And then the falls year. off. Okay, that's like, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, less fair. injury related. So it's so like yeah. when Kyle Guy started Pitt, I guess that was January, yeah. though, and then didn't start again until the end of the year. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think that's think that was. He's good. Dave's thinking this is a Kihei Clark type trajectory where he was like off uh, the bench okay. and then randomly was like starting after like eight games or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like and it. And then hasn't mit, hasn't not started since basically. I, yeah, I just I think I mean, look, the... I, I think he's a guy who's he's going to take some time to learn how Tony plays a back line, but he's a guy ready made, especially if you know if you've got big men coming back, Gardner coming back, Shedrick coming back. You've got enough guys who know the pack line where you can have a guy who is an effort. You know, he's an athlete. Like I don't, like, I don't know what what box to put him in yet because he's more athlete than just shooter, and he's a great shooter too. Um, so I think he's someone who's going to be hard to keep off the floor, especially if he can come in and hit the three consistently. Because yeah, spoiler alert: Virginia's been missing that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of, I'm gonna dovetail conversation about that into my second round pick because my second round pick is going to be that Kihei Clark will not play another game in a Virginia uniform. Um, now I will admit that this one, this one feels the most precarious to me of the, of the, the, Just the putting yourself out. There. I mean, the options on my sheet here, listen, I understand that there's definitely a lot of, of, of uh, maybe, maybe you can call it momentum out there that he might come back or he is coming back. Um, I feel like if he was, going to come back um i feel like that decision would have been made a while ago now could he you know well maybe without the whole um wanting to be in the front office and then re return to the field part of it um maybe he could do the tom brady thing where he like thought he was going to be done with college thought he was going to be done and then decided you know what let's let's go one more round um you know for whatever reason because of the way last year ended or what have you whatever that reason might be that's part certainly possible um, but I genuinely think that, um, I think, I, I think that his career at UVA is done. Um, now let him not listen to this podcast and then decide to come back and then put us on blast. Um, he forwards it to London Johnson. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just think that, you know, um, 
it, it just feels like to me the right time for him. Um, the guy I saw at the end of that season, I think, you know, in, in a lot of ways, I think he'd given what he could. Um, that's not to say that if he came back, you know, I think there's a, it, if once that decision is made or announced or, you know, what have you, heck, you know, knowing Kihei, he might not say anything. You know, he might just go get a job or go, you know, try out wherever, right? Um, but knowing, like, knowing him the way we do, like, you can find ways to look at that team next year and say, like, yeah, they're, it's a benefit because. But I think it's also easy to look at that team next year and say, well, there are a lot of things that work a little bit better, you know, if, if Beekman is the main, you know, point guard. How dare you? Um, and, and I'm not, listen, I, I think this whole entire <laughs> conversation, honestly, like, a lot of Virginia fans have been like, I don't know, man, like, ripping each other up about this. Like, I don't think this is, this is, it's not a bad thing. Like, this is not, like, taboo to talk about, right? Like, the dude has given so much. Well, I'm not, like, you know, I'm not saying anything negative about the guy. You know, I'm just thinking about the long-term, you know, bigger picture, which is, like, you know, Reese is in a place where his career could really take off even more than it did this past season. And I think he needs to be the full-time point guard for that to happen. And granted, Kihei gave them a lot at the two last year. Like he was playing a lot of off ball stuff. And you certainly, there were times when he, it was good for him to be on ball. Um, but man, with, with some of what they got coming and I, and I, I'm going to, you know, it's funny. I'm going to say like, you know, some of what they got coming. I also think they should probably go get another guard. Um, but probably someone with a little bit different skill set to match the other pieces. I, I think as we've talked about with that team last year, uh, or I guess technically this past year, um, like some of those pieces didn't necessarily fit as well as past Virginia teams. Those pieces have fit. And so I'm not saying that like he was the problem. Like that's not, I'm not, you know, there's, this is not a hot take. I'm just being, you know, kind of, to, you know, having a totality um, mindset here, which is like, I think that, if you look at next year's roster, if you add a different type of guard to go along with Beekman and McNeely um, and Franklin, um, you know, it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense. But I also think too, like my, my bottom line on this, this is not wish casting. Like I genuinely do think he's done. Um, and I think that um, when, when Jaden announced he was coming back and we went days and days without something similar from Kihei, I feel like that. We knew that. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, all we right, are so W A K T. Let's move to the to the third round. Um, unless anybody else has anything on Kihei, you guys got anything else on Kihei? Oh, I thought you were talking about Statman. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, this is where I am with Kihei, and we can address it at later if he decides to come back. I guess that could be a topic, but or doesn't come back. Um, I think he's absolutely earned the right to decide if he wants to come back Agreed. or not. Agreed. Absolutely has earned it. Agreed. But I think it's in the best interest of the program for him to not come back. And, and, and not I, because he sucks. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. But I don't think that – I think he might help you win, like, another game next year maybe or two just based on experience. But, like, when, he, when UVA has been good with him in the lineup, it's been when he's been – asked to do there's no other way for me to say it when he's not the focal point of it yes right and i feel like if they bring him back next year he will be a bigger piece than what they would need to be good does that is that fair i mean i think that's fair i i think that yeah. if you what you're if what you're what you're trying to say here is that 
But if he if comes he, back, fine. Like whatever. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's not so, going to hurt them. That's like, a really good. I'm glad you said that because that's a good. That's a good port, pointer of discussion, right? If Kihei comes back, if I'm wrong about this pick, that's not like the end all. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not. Dead it's not like they're going to go from like uh, one seed to sucking. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like the whole thing was pointing in the right direction, but then, you know, like the dude has a crazy amount of experience, right? When he's really dialed in and can be that two way guy, like they are, they act, they hit their best. The, the best teams that they've had the last few years were when he was playing really well. I think that's fair to say that mm-hmm. national championship run doesn't happen if he's not making some really big contributions at exactly the right times, right? The problem that we get into, I think, is the, with this conversation is this like everything has to be extremes. And to Ferber's point there, like if he comes back, it's not like that's the end of the world, right? If he decides he wants to come back, like Ferber said, he's absolutely earned that right. He has earned the right to, to, to make that decision for himself. And if Virginia gets him back, I think they're fortunate to get him. I also think that it's true that if he were to, you know, decide, hey, you know what, I've, I've, I've had my college career, I'd like to do something different, there's a lot of like potential positives for the program and for the roster from having those minutes available for other guys to develop. I think one of the things that is tough about the whole COVID extra year thing, and you saw it on the offensive line, right, is that when guys decide to come back, that's great. But what does it mean for everybody else behind them? Talk to anybody who's involved in AAU basketball right now, and you've got teams full of dudes at the 17 level who are way too old to be playing that. What does that mean? It means everybody, everything is compressed, right? That's the true, you know, that's the truth of the matter for UVA's basketball roster, right? Like Beekman being the one, McNeely being able to get those minutes along with Frank, like that's good for the roster. Even if you think about like there is a detriment to losing that level of experience that Kihei had, to to not having someone who you can put as a, you know, a bulldog defender on a smaller guard, not having someone um, who can distribute the way he can. But we, I think we also understand that, to Ferber's point, like him coming back does not make that team demonstrably better, right? But the team getting demonstrably better happens in part, I think, because different guys match and those pieces fit differently than they did last year. And because of the talent they have coming in, I, I just think that that balance feels a lot more um, organic in a way, right? If, if, if those pieces fit together without him in that mix. And again, I'm not trying to throw shade at him. And if and if that's the way he, you yeah, know, if he decides to come personal. back, you know, it's not. It's just I, I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, Beekman. I think is ready to sort of ascend to that that spot, and that opens up a lot of things um, with a lot of minutes. So at least that's where I am. All right. Anything else on Kihei before we move to round three? All right. So we can talk about him next week when he announces that he's coming back. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're like next week we're gonna have a lot of. Uh, Grievances to be aired. Apparently. When London Johnson's committed <laughs> to Iowa. Or so in the third round, my first pick, I'm going to go a little bit unconventional here. Um, in 2018, Alamade, Joe Reed, and Hasis combined for 2,101 yards. And oh, at, the, uh, at the time, I thought that was just absurd. Um, I think this season that. Uh, uh, that the foursome of Wicks, Davis, Thompson, and Kemp are going to combine for 2,400 yards. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to Receiving yards. Yes, yes, sorry. Uh, I'm not saying that um, I I know how that 2,400 is going to break down because I'm not going that far with it. I'm not fervor here. I'm not, like, really throwing the thing out there. 
Ferber's first pick, he was like, it's going to happen at this time, on this date, and he's going to be wearing this color, you know, whatever. I was manifesting. As you they really say. were. You were wish casting. Um, but no, I, I just look at it and I think, has UVA ever had a wide receiving core that could put those those four caliber, you know, dudes together at one time? I mean, Dave, I is this the best group of receivers UVA has ever it's had? It's got to be, right? It has to be. <laughs> it's It's up there. I mean, I mean they, you're the historian. You have to tell me that I'm wrong. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they had a Kerman yeah. Moore who was like probably better than everybody that is on this team. Yeah, I mean, like, Moore's better than yeah. I mean, and then some of the mid '90s teams had good wide receiver court classes. But if everyone plays up to their potential, this is the best group overall. I think. I mean, the game's changed. It's a lot of these guys have been running backs before. So, mm-hmm. um, but like, yeah. I'm it's trying. the de- oh, it's oh, not just the talent of like the top two guys, which gets a lot of praise. But like yeah. when when Keaton is your third guy and Kemp is your fourth guy, like that's pretty crazy. Yeah, and like is. Malachi Fields is your like sixth guy. That's absurd. yeah. Don't forget like, Starling and, not, and yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is like talent. the Chandler kid, right? <laughs> and the Chandler like, kid. Like yeah. he, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I kind of in a way, I'm like, listen again. Please don't listen to this podcast and decide to leave. I'm just like, I, I was like, dude. Like, I feel bad for these dudes down the road. You know what I mean? Like down the bench, so to speak. Like down the the, the depth chart, because like there are so many dudes in this room. Nathaniel Beals, like I'm finally healthy. I'm ready to go. Okay, cool. You're eighth on the depth chart. <laughs> Wild. Um. Anyway, I I, I just lo- I just love this foursome. I'm I, I am so excited to finally see all of them together. Um, I'm really excited to see what you know, Elliot and, and company can do with this type of talent, um, especially considering the quarterback experience they have. I know they're putting in a new system and stuff. Uh, the spring game should be very interesting. And I actually kind of like the fact that we're doing this before the spring game, because I feel like, you know, after the spring game, you know, our, uh, <laughs> we'll be much more informed about what picks we should have made. Um, but no, I, I just really think this group is going to have a really, really big year. And, um, Truthfully, I, I I was a little conservative on that number. I, originally, I wanted that number much higher, um, and decided to bring it down a little bit. All right, Dave, your third pick. All right, so this I was going to debate and move this one up to my second pick, but I'm going to keep it number three. Um, and you kind of hit on a very similar pick on your last one, but I'm going to go to friend of the podcast since he was like seven years old. Um, Malachi Fields is going to have six or more touchdowns this year. Whoa. Um, I think big, big things coming for, for a great kid. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching him. Like he's going to, I mean, you can't double cover everybody. And That's I think at least true. early That's in the really season, That's um, a really good Malachi, point. Malachi's a big dude. And he's also know, been mentioned now, like several times. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, know. they've done stories on him. He's, you know, obviously he's pushing Lavelle for, for one. So I, I don't expect him to start over Lavelle barring any injury issues, you know, setbacks for him. Um, but look, when he comes in, especially if they're running tempo, I mean, he made some big plays last year. He almost had the touchdown on Louisville. He had some big games. Um, I think this year he, hopefully, he gets one at home so I can watch our boy Travis lose his mind. Because um, we all got pretty excited like watching it remotely last year. So yeah, I'm, I'm expecting. I don't know if you have huge yards, but I think when you get into crucial situations and with those other guys on the field, Malachi, at least early in the year is going to have some single coverage and they're going to throw the ball up and let them make a play. So six plus touchdowns for our boy. 
There you go. Especially like without it. a tight end, you know, like that That's big true. body yeah. in the red zone is another guy you can put in there if you don't have a tight end. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Um, All right, Ferber, third round pick. What you got? All right. So I thought about how I want to do this. I, I just looked at the schedule again. I'm going to say UVA will be in the coastal race when they go to Blacksburg. I'm not going to predict that game, obviously. Um, but I think that they will have some sort of chance. They might need help, gotcha. but they will okay. be mathematically in, in, in the, the coastal race right. in the final week of the season on okay. the final day. That's fair. Um, I looked at the schedule and, you know, it's been a while since it came out, but you know, they, I almost thought about picking them to go like five and O or something. Um, but you look at their schedule. It's, it's, uh, I think like they'll have a chance to get some momentum and then they have a lot of like their tougher games, but they're at home. So, you know, if they can stay healthy and then you have a lot of transition in the division. So like, you know, you have Pitt with a new quarterback who could be good, but True. Yeah. you know, he's new. North Carolina, same. Um, Virginia Tech, I kind of think – I don't want to say they're going to be bad because I don't want to dig my own grave again um, with that. I, I think that they're in a transition, though, just like UVA is, but without the returning talent on offense to sort of get through that. Agreed. Um, Miami, new coach, but potentially the best team. So I think that they'll be in the mix, but they have to come to Charlottesville. Georgia Tech will probably suck. Duke will probably suck. Um yeah, so I think like why and why not like why couldn't they be like in the mix um, yeah. if, at, at a minimum? I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but I think they will be yeah. in it in some way at the yeah. end of the season. I think this is the safest pick you've got on the board, even safer than London Johnson committing uh, and signing in 23. I, I almost just said they're going to win the coastal, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if I think that's a little naive, just because all the things I said that are good, you still have a new coach and a defense that was not good it all installing a bunch of new schemes. Um, and it's easy to say like, Oh, like North Carolina is going to take a big step back without Sam Howell, but we don't know that for sure. Same with Pitt. Um, you know, maybe like Georgia tech pulls something out of nowhere and they're randomly good. Uh, Louisville could be good. Um, Dr. Bob's probably going to have some stuff cooked up for when they go to Syracuse. So I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to, is that a good thing it. or a bad thing? Yeah, probably a good thing. Um, but so I, I think, uh, I think they'll at least be in the mix. I don't know if they're going to win the division, but I think that coming down the stretch in November, they will have meaningful games like they did last year. All right. I mean, I, I think that's, I mean, I think that's a really solid pick. Frankly, it was, it was on my board too. Um, you know, I was. Uh, I mean, I just if you you know the point about the the sort of um, chaos in the in the division. I mean, when you look around the the rest of that division, the rest of the coastal. I mean, it, dude, it's like there is no presumptive favorite. And yeah, UVA changed coaches and all that stuff, but their their coach didn't get fired, right? Like they've got talent, and they didn't. And they you know the the offensive line remains a question mark. I'm not going to just pretend like that's not a thing. Um, but man, there's a lot of talent, and certainly. You know, there's a there because of the schedule. You know, there's a, there is some reason for optimism. I'm not really sure what to make of um, Miami still because there, there's also a reason to believe the coastal could be bad. Like could, could be terrible, right? They could, could win. They could be atrocious. in the mix at seven and four. Or Absolutely, like, I completely yeah. agree. I completely agree. All right, uh, Damon, what's your third round pick? Uh I was trying to think of something Brendan Armstrong related. Uh, 
and I kind of I, I I'm hoping this is far enough away from from your your first overall pick, but I'm gonna say that UVA rolls out some sort of Brennan Armstrong Heisman Trophy campaign. No, oh, yeah, that's uh, definitely before, yeah, that's different before the season. Uh, I think they're going to have some fun. I get, I get the sense that there've been some changes in the administration and some new people have come on and they're, they're starting to have a little bit more fun. Uh, so I guess for lack of a better word, yeah, social media stuff. And I can see that kind of being the next step in that evolution. Uh, I think there might've been at least some conversations last season uh, going into the BYU game. I think the plan was, after the BYU game, maybe start to ratchet that up last year. Some uh, some social media buzz, generate some buzz uh, for Brennan Armstrong and the Heisman Trophy. And then, of course, we saw what how he got hurt out of BYU and he missed the Notre Dame game. And that kind of uh, derailed things from a Heisman Trophy candidacy, so to speak. Um so, but but the fact that they were even having those conversations last year to me is an indication that. Maybe they revisit those conversations and maybe they decide to revisit them before the season. And so I think it'd be, I think it'd be fun. Just get his name out there. I think among the quarterbacks who are back across the country, there aren't, there aren't many guys uh, who had the kind of seasons he had a lot of, if you look at the, I mean, there weren't many guys period who had the kind of season he had, but um, you know, guys like Pickett and a few others are zappy. Is that how you pronounce it? Zap uh, who threw for Ailey zappy. Guys. Zappy, yeah, he's gone. So, but anyway, yeah, I think um, I think he is going to. Uh, I think they're. I I could see them kind of. Plus, you know, it's just one more way to generate excitement going into the new era. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna say they roll out some sort of. I don't know if it's a hashtag. I don't know how how intensive of a campaign it is, but they do something to kind of start generating that buzz before the season starts. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty smart, Damon. I like that. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the four. The, the final round. Let's try to. I don't want to call this like a lightning round, but let's let's try not to 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 belabor it, but so much because we're at like about fifty four minutes or so. Yeah. Um. So let's finish it out strong, Damon. What's your final pick of the UVA futures draft? Uh, I felt like I should do something baseball. So I'm gonna say Jake Geloff becomes the second player in program history to break the twenty home run mark. There you go. He's, a, he's at 14 now. So I think he gets to at least, I don't know if he gets to 22, the school record, but I think he gets to 20. All right. There you go. As long as his glow stick doesn't break, he'll be in good shape. His glow Touché. stick. Oh, is that That's a bat? the name is of that, his bat. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, is that like it's a bat a joke? Did you just like roll, roll out some bat so, jargon yeah. on us? They're hard to find. Super expensive. It's like five years old. Come on down to Second String Sports. I know, yeah. right? Is this going to turn yeah. into an ad? Did, did, did yeah, Second String Sports sponsor the the UVA futures draft? You know what? I know my product. Product placement, baby. <laughs> Doing it worldwide. All right, Ferber, what's your what's your fourth round pick? Um, this is so random. I can't wow. believe I'm doing. All this. right, I'm I'm excited. UVA basketball is going to win the Roman main event. <laughs> <laughs> Ferber, that's literally what I was gonna do. It's it's so <laughs> inconsequential, but there's good teams in it, so yeah, it would actually kind event. of mean something to win it. Um, winning it's not really important, but getting the two wins is. Um, so it's Baylor, UVA, Illinois, and UCLA. 
So I think that they find a way to win both of those games. Um, probably after having lost a weird game before that. So, um, yeah, going out on a limb. They love these early season tournaments. Why not? In Vegas. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Uh, in Vegas, nonetheless. All right. Dave, what's your last pick of, uh, of the draft? UVA's first uh, 2023 commit for football will be a quarterback. From oh, oh no, <laughs> not New Orleans. Huh? <laughs> it will be a quarterback, <laughs> however, but it probably won't be Arch Manning. Although I will bet that Arch will uh, will visit again before he commits, uh, likely elsewhere. But yeah, I think Virginia's first commit will be a quarterback. I, I I'm not going to say the name, um, but I have a pretty good idea. That's I don't. I don't think. I don't think UVA fandom could handle Arch coming back for anything. Like until he commits somewhere, he he should not you know enter the city limits because if he comes back people are going to convince themselves even worse than the first time now granted the funny thing is it no, seems like he really tried that, to not let people know that he was yeah, it was like, like yeah exactly it was like, like yeah. even if it was for it was another such a reason small blip though when he, yeah. when he goes to visit alabama and georgia texas it's like front page news virginia like 10 of us on twitter got excited about it like, well, you know, Long specifically mentioned that too he's like you can walk around here people don't like yeah. bother you Maybe that's maybe that's what he wants. You know that probably would, you not. Know, if this if this was uh, the old school NCAA football game, you know, like that is exactly. The you could kind sell of him on you know. early playing time. Exactly, you'd be like early playing time. I've been you know, thinking whatever, about whatever. that exact thing. Yes, you know that random five star recruit you land in your first recruit. And you know, and but you know, it's funny. I've got a a friend who's going through like the whole college process with her son, and it's like there are a lot of reasons that regular old students pick different schools. And listen, I, I would like to go not and not be a mega celebrity is, I mean, it's one of the, I mean, it's as good a reason as any other one right now. I'm not trying to talk you into, into why Arch is blah, 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 because I mean, not exactly my bag, but I'll leave that to Pete others. Um, but it just, uh, yeah, the whole, if he comes back, people are going to convince themselves that, yeah, that first visit was, you know, they, the, you know, like the conspiracy theory stuff will just kick up into a whole other level. Oh, um, yeah. I just but, think he'll come back and visit, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, he <laughs> might come back. Here. Yeah, I, I, he might come back. I don't know if he's going to come back to, you know, to visit UVA football. But, you know, hey, would be would be great for – for to, for for two T's in the company, you know, and hey, honestly, like I don't, not, like I don't even think there's like, a, ahead, I don't sorry. even think there's like a pitch they can give him. Like, I know that sounds bad, but like, if he picks them, it's not because of anything they did. Like, oh, there's a there's a pitch they can give him. The I pitch mean, is you're it, gonna start, but he's gonna start anywhere. No, I mean you got a path to a championship game if you're as good as yeah, sure, I guess you so. think you yeah. are. Um, you you got Tony Elliott, who he had a good relationship with. Like Clemson's dropped from his list since he left. You know, mm-hmm. since Tony left, um, he's got family connections there. You can walk around town without the craziness, and there is no reason that some business in Charlottesville can't stroke him a seven figure check. So yeah. there are recruiting. Now, I, I, now um, let, let me, no, let no, me I just mean like there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do like that will differentiate yourself from like a football standpoint. I don't think. No, not from right. Football. Yeah, this no. is a little. Bit you're different. you're not like you're not rolling out the red carpet like Texas is to compete with Alabama in the same way. You're not like oh well, we're like Alabama. We're just a different Alabama. It's like no, you're like you're basically saying like you're picking us for other reasons besides that. Yeah. 
But and, you have to hope and obviously the uncle. relationship with Tony gets you in the door. Yeah, like, you, have to, you know, you have to hope me, Uncle Peyton says, Hey, don't forget, like when I was at Tennessee, they talked trash about me until T Martin won the championship the next year. Like he, he can't beat Florida. Uh, we're glad he's gone. Like they did, you know, it's because he didn't win at all. Well, all right, um, let's, let's so that kind of thing matters. Let's take a step back real quick and and sort of acknowledge the one the 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 elephant in the room. That's never going to happen. Well, no, the elephant in the room in his recruitment is that like you can't you can't talk about his recruitment without the reality of he's not a normal recruit. He's not he's not a normal five star recruit. He's not a normal recruit, right? Yeah. Because like you're talking about like you know some business in Charlottesville can stroke a check. Is that going to move the needle with him? In any way, shape, or form, in a way that, you know, even if, even let's say under the NIL, or whatever, you found a business that was going to pay him, let's just throw a number out there, right? Two million, right? Does he care? Maybe he cares, but of all the, of all the recruits that are going to come through there, right? He probably, he, he, it would make sense to me if he cared the least, right? Yeah. I mean, but I think, I mean, it, but I think loaded. it may, I think what Dave's <laughs> point is, like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, is like, if other schools can offer that sort of thing, somebody from Charlottesville could step up and at least be like, Hey, you're not getting nothing. Like, you know, you're yeah, still getting yeah. something. Um, Cause those other schools are, he's going to, the thing with him is like, he's going to have NIL opportunities. Um, it's completely apples to oranges, but like Sam Brunel has where it's yeah. like, where it's like outside of like the local community. It's like his NIL is going to be with like Nike. Yeah, like, his yeah. NIL is going to be with like his family doing stuff in commercials. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be like, oh, he's going to like do some. I mean, he might. But it's not, he's not going to do some. He's not going to do like a fly by night ad for like you know, Crumpsville. some Charlottesville <laughs> business. You know, which coincides more like, and and my point there was not just on the NIL part, right? Like he's not like any other recruit in a in every area, right? Like, uh, like, let's say you're a four, you're a five star kid. You want to get to the league. You you, you want to find a coaching staff that's put te- guys in the league that has that history, right? Who can sort of groom you. Well, I mean, does he really need anybody to help him get there? Yeah, right. That's the like, pitch. Is like it doesn't matter where you go. Like you're already I think you're exactly enough. right. Like to Dave's like, point, you know, like like there is a pitch. I think the pitch to him is, um, you know, you your your football career is going to be fine wherever you go. Right. There's more to it than that. And there's anything that there's anybody in the Manning family who understands that there's more to life than football. It would be his dad. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, there's a reason why a lot of his family members are drawn to UVA. Um, the fact that we have spent this many minutes talking about this recruitment that is likely to not. <laughs> there is one it's case funny, to be made but, against UVA. And that's I mean, besides the obvious, just you're not competing. Like, let's say he wants to win a national championship. Like UVA is not in the mix anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. But also well, I think if he wants to win a national championship, there's only two schools he can go to essentially, right. you know? <laughs> so, yeah. But I yeah. think that there's a pitch to be made. Like, this is what, like if I was, let's say I was at Georgia or Alabama and um, UVA was the other school in the mix. My pitch would be, that's great. Like, you know, obviously good school, um, you know, you will have the advantage of being a little bit less famous there, maybe, um, even though I think like the ESPN ecosystem will make him into like a Zion or like, you know, they're going to they're going to make him like a big deal wherever he goes. Um, but UVA obviously wouldn't be as big. My pitch against UVA would be like we have so much invested in football that um, 
it's not just the facilities and things. It's like the trainers and the medical people and everything else that we have around it. You're going to be taken care of in these three yeah, years you're, where you're we basically take already care be of you until yeah, you get true. to be pro. Yeah. Whereas like at a UVA, yeah. it's like you don't have the resources there. So like it, it, I'm not saying it's going to make you not good. But like, if you get hurt, like we'll take better care of you because, and obviously I'm not saying this is the case, but like they can make that pitch because they have so much, re- so many resources for football. Um, I mean, ultimately they can say like, they can say like, yeah, they can say like, we run our thing like a pro factory. Cause we are, cause we are um, right. Yeah. And, and we're going to put you in the best possible position. Even if you could make it from North Dakota state, like you'll have, you'll be in a better spot physically, mentally, whatever, when you come from here. Yeah. Um, that would be my pitch. Um, so it's they do, I mean, yeah. And I think that's probably like where it ends up for him. I mean, I'm not saying that makes the decision, but it seems like, you know, the schools in the mix are like UVA and then a bunch of other schools that make sense grouped together, you know? Yeah. Well, I tell you what. If the kid puts but out my a pick list, was it wasn't be him just yeah. just for the record. <laughs> yeah, we know. But this was like our your our backdoor way of talking about Arch um, without, you know. Yeah, I think we big... needed to talk. Yeah, no, about it's, it, right? no, it's right. I will say this. Um, I lost my complete train of thought. Um, what did I say? You won't that? say this. No, no. What did I, I was I was getting ready to say something. And then Dave said, to be clear, that wasn't my pick. Um, I, oh, I was going to say is that if the kid puts out a, a, a list cut, right? He trims his list, and UVA's in the list. At that point, people feel free to be excited. But until then, my you know, be mindful. I'm going to channel my inner Yoda. Be mindful of your feelings, right? Be careful, right? If the kid puts out a list and trims it, and UVA's in it, have at it, because that's also also yeah. UVA hasn't been in any list for exactly, and and I think those things are. I mean, like ultimately, you're talking about two. You know, his uncles played college football and pro football, but they spend a lot more time at the pro level. Like they understand what it looks like when you're getting ready for the pros. Right. And to Ferber's point, like there, maybe UVA gets to that place. Eventually they're not, they're not there now. Um, regardless of how much ridiculous wide receiver talent is there, you know, and let's be real. Any recruiting class that has him in it will be able to pull kids. Like you could take a random sort of mid level, power five school and make them have possibly the best recruiting class they've ever had. If he's a part of it, if he's a part of it and the coaches have any, any level of, you know, a pulse, you know what I mean? Like if they, if they're worth anything, you can recruit forever off pulling that kid. You know what I mean? So like there's a lot there if you can make it happen. Um, And like I said, until there's a list cut, you know, be careful with your feelings. All right. I do have one more quick thing on that. And that's just that this is a positive, like regardless, even if he's, even if he came to shake Tony Elliott's fan, say, Hey, good to see you again. And left. There's no reason for UVA to, to put that out there. (laughs) Like take the publicity because at least, because at least then it gets people talking like, Oh, like Tony Elliott must be like doing a pretty good job. Let me see what's going on over there. Or like, you know, whatever. I had people reaching out to me via text who barely follow college football or like definitely don't follow what UVA is doing. And we're like, Arch Manning? Question mark. Yeah. Yep. And I was Same. like, I was like, yeah, he's not coming here, but like, you know, it's interesting. And like, I mean, that tells you like they were on people's minds, right? Like, when's the last time that happened in recruiting? Yeah. Fair. All right, let's wrap this thing up. I'll pick last. 
Um, <laughs> I'm going to do something that, you know, a lot of these picks, like, we'll have to wait a while, you know? Like, you got to wait for, you know, to see if Armstrong throws a bunch touchdowns. Like, Ferber's first pick. Yeah, Ferber's first pick, like, 24 hours from now. Um, but I will I, – this one I'm going to throw out there, which is going to be pretty evident pretty early. But I do think um, – I, 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 this, this is some wish casting, but I do think that there's a little bit who, I forget who said, maybe it was when we we're talking about the Heisman campaign, but the idea that like there have been some, you know, some changes around the administration, uh, in the last, you know, recent months or however you want to frame that. Um, I will, I'm going to pick that UVA basketball's jerseys are not the same next season as they were this past year. I think that there's just, there's just too much around like, how boring they are. Um, and I, I, I just think they're going to be, I don't know what the tweak is going to be, but I think their jerseys are going to get tweaked. And that's, that's, and I, and I know that there's some wish casting there. I know there are a lot of people out there who agree with me. Um, you know, we, we tend on the podcast to focus a little bit, <laughs> a little bit too much on jerseys at times um, for, for some people's flavor, but um, we have to fill 52 episodes a year. We got to talk about something. <laughs> We got to do something, but I no, I just really think that their their basketball jerseys are kind of terrible, and they need help. Um, I saw I forget who I don't know who it was, but I saw somebody on Twitter the other day that like did like edits of like current players in like last year's jerseys or whatever, or maybe year before or whatever. And I was like, it, it was you know, it's just not even close. Like how terrible the the current uniforms are. Like they're just terrible. Um. And Sorry, then, I, I think I might have missed it. Did you say football uniforms will be tweaked or basketball? Basketball, uniforms? basketball, basketball. Okay, cool. Now I do. Right. I know that there there are some tweaks coming to football, right? Now, yeah, I was going to say like, what's the bar for a tweak? Like <laughs> for football, you know, they were putting like stickers on the helmets and all kinds of stuff. Like no, no, with no, no. that, what count, I'm talking like, about is like actual stitching is the you know something is different that is in the jersey, right? You so just needs to put orange numbers on the basketball. Coaches, I mean, like it's really not before. that hard. You know, it's really yeah. not that hard. You know, like. There, it's just like UVA is on TV and it looks like they're Penn State. Like, then I watch Illinois and I'm like, dude. And then Illinois they start playing some... like Penn State, and we're like, yeah. what's going on? But um, um, but no, I, I think basketball jerseys are going to get tweaked. I'm not sure to what degree. Even it's something as simple as just adding the, you know what I'm saying, adding that orange in. But they they need help, and I think they're going to get it. So that's my my last pick, my best last pick. All right, how do we feel about the draft? Did you guys have fun. I'm going over. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to some undrafted free agents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got a deal in place with uh UVA beats Richmond in football. Yeah. Um, I, who, 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 of all the picks, what's the, what's the one we like the most? Most likely. Yeah. You know, just the one you would like, is there anybody else's pick that you wish you had picked? Like anybody else's Ooh. pick that you're envious of? I think the Brandon one's pretty good. I think. I mean, obviously, that was a good one to start with. Um, Thank you. I think the Geloff home run thing. Yeah, is yeah, very but, much in play considering how many games remain. Yeah, and I was looking at the reason I asked this question is because I was looking at Damon's list and I was like, "Damn, that's a really good foursome right there." Like, that's a good you know, Woods on day two and things people don't say about this podcast crew. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good place to put a pin in it. Look at you, just set me right up. Um, but yeah, I, that was fun. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit this, um, down the road. Um, once 2022 has, has, uh, bid farewell. 
If you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you're so inclined, give us a rating and review. We appreciate that. Um, but Monty Jones is this whole thing about like if you don't give him a five star, he's inclined to believe you are a hater. And every time he says it, it makes me laugh because, you know, podcast. If you're somebody out there who's found the pod, hasn't given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at CapsCorner.com. Let's see. Well, apparently you're going to be able to follow along and Ferber to see if Ferber is right or not. Um, but Damon's got some stuff, obviously, from Springfall uh, with um, the defensive tackles were the the the, the focus. Um, the juggernaut in Jameer Carter. Um, and then, obviously, Sam Burnell picking UVA. Um, you know, good time for all kinds of randomness across multiple sports these days. Um, I want to thank uh, MyPerfectFranchise.net for their support of the website and of the show. You can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. I also want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. And, of course, I want to thank Dave Ferber and Damon for giving graciously their time, as always. I very much appreciate all that they do. So, for David Spence, Justin Ferber, and Damon Dillman, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CatchCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon. Yeah.